Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Saturday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Judd Mack coming your way live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quick Loan Studios. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. That's Rocket Mortgage Push Button. Get Mortgage. I'm pushing the button and going to New England, where our next guest is going to join us from. He's in town to cover the Chiefs and the Patriots. Just one of several very good games we got on the NFL card coming up tomorrow. From USA Today, their NFL columnist, Jarrett Bell, hops aboard with us here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, you're looking at snow up there in New England, huh, Jared? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, my first taste of uh, the white stuff this year, and what a place for it. It's so fitting, New England, but I'm ready to go, Jody, and, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what it. I don't, I don't think it's anything that's going to affect the game in terms of you know precipitation during the game, but it's it's Patriot weather. It's December football. That's the way it's supposed to be. I do want to ask you about that game. A whole bunch of games I want to get into, uh, but I want to start here. Roger Goodell, from time to time, takes criticism, gets critiqued for the job that he does as the commissioner of the NFL, and usually it has to do with it's him flexing his power muscles as the commissioner with punishment and penalties and all those things. Do you think Roger Goodell might just think about flexing his muscles and change the rules on the fly and say, if you don't at least have an 8-8 eight and eight record, you can't make the playoffs <laughs> in the NFL this year because it looks to me like 8-8 eight and eight is the best that the NFC East winner is going to be this year, and I don't know that the Eagles and or the Cowboys – actually have earned their way or belong in the postseason this season. Yeah, no, Jody Mack. I mean, that that's a great point. I don't – the short answer, I don't think Roger's going to <laughs> to do that. He's not going to be that extreme right now. But I think what's probably going to happen is you're going to have more conversation in the offseason about reseeding the playoffs. And that has come up from time to time. Now, the last time a team won a division without – a winning record. I think it was like 2014, so it's been about five years, and Carolina won the NFC South at 7-8-1. and one. So, And we've seen, I think we saw Seattle one year, either 8-8 eight eight or 7-9. Seven 7-9, seven yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it happens from time to time, but, yeah, you're going to be talking about maybe the Cowboys or the Eagles having a home playoff game, and maybe the 49ers, and if not the 49ers, the Seahawks, one of these teams that, you know, has really had a great season uh, coming in to, you know, play a, a division champ at home. And it, there does seem to be something, you know, inherently unfair about it when you think about all of the, uh, you know, the, the, the cross-divisional games and cross-conference games. And so these teams play each other or, you know, a, a fair amount of, of time. So, uh, you know, I know the NFL's argument is that there, there needs to be some type of reward for winning your division. And that's a strong argument, but, um, yeah, when you look at other sports and how they do it in baseball and the NBA, uh, you know, your your regular season record really does mean something when it comes to, 
the advantages or not that you get in the playoffs. Watching the Cowboys on Thursday night, the final score was not indicative of that game. The Cowboys got a couple <laughs> of oh by the way scores to make it yeah. look closer than it actually was. They actually looked pretty bad. And to me, Jason Garrett on the sideline looked like a dead man walking. I know Jerry Jones got uh, a little uh, annoyed with uh, doing media stuff this week and being asked about it, and he's tried to stay behind uh, Jason's back and take his back, but uh, there's no way he's surviving this year. You don't think he's going to get drastic enough that he's going to pull the plug with the Cowboys in first place, do you? No, I'll take Jerry at his word that he set for this season. But that's as far as his word has really gone, to tell you the truth. Uh, obviously, Jason's contract expires, so that's one type of statement. But, yeah, if you uh, listen to what Jerry says from week to week, and he flip-flops because while he says, I've got his back and, you know, whatever we're going to do this year, Jason's the guy, that was just a few days after, you know, he talked about the coaching of, of the Patriots being so good. And, he's you know, he's always weighed in on different things. But, you know, it's interesting because, like like you said, Jody, he, he kind of wanted to, you know, distance you know, himself a little bit from some of the comments. But when you're Jerry Jones and you're out there as much as he is, I mean, he has two radio shows in Dallas mm-hmm. every each week, one on Tuesdays, one on Fridays. It used to be just one. And then he meets the media after the game. So that's three availabilities in addition to whatever else he may do. And personally, as a reporter, I like, that Jerry's accessible. <laughs> sure. But but um I think yeah, he puts himself into a corner in terms of what he says and what it means and the ramifications and it really does undermine the coach in a lot of these situations because like right after the game when you're you know emotionally spent and hot, if you you know had a, a difficult game or something like that, you may say something that you don't want to say and and so that's kind of one of the the problems with being the coach in Dallas and Jason, you know, to his credit, and, I, and I'm not saying he's a great coach, but he's actually been pretty good for them besides the playoff thing in terms of managing the circus and being able to operate under Jerry. You think back to Bill Parcells, when Bill Parcells went there, you knew there was a time limit on it. <laughs> How long are they going to last? And some people were saying two years, three years, and Parcells ended up for five years, but, Parcells is a different guy with Jerry because he came in with some cachet and obviously Parcells with his own track record and his personality, um, they were able to, to make it, you know, to work together for five years. So the next coach, and I, and I think there's as much pressure on Jerry Jones as there is on Jason Garrett. And the reason why I say this, one, Jerry's the GM and, and the talent and all that stuff. Um, but, but two, He's got to make the right call on who he brings in as coach. And he's had some, you know, some not so good coaching hires over the years. And I think that job is really going to, and I think Jerry's got the personality too to say, let me go out and see if I can get an Urban Meyer or somebody like that. Um, so there's going to be as much pressure on Jerry when it's all over, said and done. So, yeah, they might win a division, they'll be one and done, whatever. But we know the real story in Dallas is going to be in January when Jason Garrett gets his walking papers and the search is on for the successor. Derek Bell of USA Today, NFL columnist, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. That's the Cowboys. The other team competing for the NFC East is Eagles. And they're sitting here at 5-7. <laughs> and seven. 
I thought the Eagles could win the a- a- NFC again this year. Uh, the Rams, New Orleans were maybe slightly favored over the Eagles, but they were the third choice in Vegas when the season started, and they're two games below 500 with four to play. It's been a very disappointing season in Philadelphia to this point. Yet yeah. no pressure on Doug Peterson. Is he still living off the laurels of two years ago when they won the Super Bowl? There are some fans in Philadelphia that are a little perturbed, but he's got getting no national heat or taking a hard time. Uh, is Doug Peterson, if the Eagles continue to struggle down the stretch here and finish at a 6-10 and 10 mark or something like that with Super Bowl expectation before the season, does Doug Peterson feel the pressure? I, I think that's a really great question because from the people that I've talked to around the league that kind of, you know, handicap some of these coaching situations, Peterson's name really has not come up. And like you said, there hasn't been a lot of buzz about whether – uh, he's on a hot seat or not. So if something, and you know, every year we might get a surprise or, or every couple of years we'll get a surprise or two that people didn't see coming. So, you know, stay tuned on that depending on how it, it, it plays out. But yeah, I think winning the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and remember it, it had never happened in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's got to be worth at least another year, <laughs> I'm thinking. But to go back to your original point about, you know, how disappointing this has been for the Eagles and that loss last week at Miami when you really need it and you, you got a chance to, you know, get in the driver's seat and all that stuff, you know, that's on Doug Peterson, um, especially the way it went down and in, in terms of, uh, you know, blowing leads and all that stuff. But but here's the other thing. It's, it's Carson Wentz, too. Now, they've had injury problems, so, you know, there are those factors. But, shoot, you know, Sean Payton – Lost Drew Brees for five weeks, right? So, you know, Mike Tomlin lost uh, Ben Roethlisberger, and he hadn't had James Conner and, and Joe, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in a couple of weeks, and they're still performing at a, you know, a level where they're winning football games. Um, but the, the Eagles, it's interesting because they've had some injuries, and now that they're healthy on defense, so their defense has played better except for what happened last week. But they were really, you know, you know, kind of finding their stride, and then last week happened. So, um, yeah, there's still time for them, and lucky for them that Dallas is the team they got to try to beat. You know, at home. So I'll give them, I'll give them a really good shot to to do that. The way the Cowboys have been playing. Man, so, somebody's got somebody's got to yeah, win buddy. that game. Don't know who it's going to be, but somebody <laughs> has to win it, right? Yeah, buddy. No no overtime and no tie, please. <laughs> we shall see. All right, you're in New England for the rematch game of last year's AFC Championship. Overtime win by the Patriots. Take the kickoff, go down the field and score, which uh, caused enough of consternation because uh, Mahomes never got his hands on the ball. But I won't. Right. Uh, we won't relitigate that at this time. But my feeling is that this is not the same Chief team and this is not the same Patriot team from earlier this year, back in January. Yet they're both still in first place. Am I overly judgmental of both teams when I say, yeah, I don't know if either one's as good as they were last year, but you can't be any higher than first place. Well, no, I don't don't think you're too judgmental. The thing with the Patriots, let's start with them. We've seen this before. I mean, go back to last December when they lose at Miami and then they lose at Pittsburgh, which, you know, they never, you know, they always had Pittsburgh's number. They lost two games in December and then they end up winning the Super Bowl. The thing with the Patriots, 
as it's been for so many years is that they kind of uh, morph into different teams for different situations, depending on circumstances, who's healthy, who's hot. So you you have to still give them the benefit of the doubt to say, you know, they go out and roll the ball out, they got a chance to win, you know. Uh, it might not be pretty, but they, you know, they'll figure out a way to stay in the game. So that that's them. Kansas City still has Patrick Mahomes and they and Mahomes, and they still have a ton of speed. And their defense, you know, had a good game last week against Oakland. Derek Carr uh, in cold weather, not not a big deal. But when you look at this matchup, Jody, you know, the Chiefs have scored a bunch of points against the Patriots in their last three matchups. So this will be the fourth game that they've played since the beginning of 2018, right? And Kansas City's offense has been, you know, a, a terror for, for Belichick's defense. Now the Patriots have the, you know, the NFL's number one scoring defense right now. Um, I, I'm not, they're not going to hold the Chiefs to 14 points, but if they can keep them in the 20s and then all of a sudden Tom Brady and, and the boys can get hot. And, and you talked about the, the garbage touchdowns in the Dallas game. You know, you think about New England last week against Houston, and they scored a couple in the fourth quarter yeah. that made that score a lot t- tighter. But um, maybe they'll find enough to, you know, to get into the high 20s, because I think that's what it's going to take, um, you know, because you're going to have to try to keep Kansas City down. So it's going to – Devin McCourty was talking about it this week. He said it's, it's going to be a real chess match. I mean, the players win the game. We know that. But. The strategies between Belichick and Reed, you know, they're two of the best in the league when it comes to the X's and O's and when it comes to in-game adjustments. So if all of a sudden Tyreek Hill is killing them, they'll figure out a way to do that, and then they'll have to figure out what to do with Kelsey and so on and so forth. So I think that's really the game within a game that could swing it is if New England's defense can at least keep Kansas City's offense from you know, scoring 35, 38, 40 points to give, you know, poor Tom Brady and them a chance to score a few points. Garrett, you've got a must-see game in the 4 o'clock Eastern window with the Chiefs and the Pats. There are two dynamite games in the 1 o'clock Eastern window, Ravens-Bills, 49ers-Saints. If you're yeah. in the press box and you can only see one and you got to put <laughs> it on, you can't change the channel, which of those two are you picking? Oh, man, that's a great question. I think I'm going to take – I'll watch San Francisco and New Orleans, and then I'll, I'll watch the replay. <laughs> yeah, you can replay's a possibility, right. You know, everything's, <laughs> yeah, out there. everything's out there in the ether somewhere that you can go watch later on, but you can only watch one live. You're watching yeah. San Francisco and New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the 49ers' um, defense is something special. And, uh, you know, New Orleans' offense is – still good it's still productive but you think about them now versus some of the other units you've seen them have in recent years and 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 i don't know if they're as good as they've been even though they've got these dynamic playmakers in Kamara and michael thomas but it seems like before they had you know even more and drew Brees, uh it seems like in the past and obviously he's older but i thought they attacked more downfield in the past so so New Orleans, they'll do enough to, to win and stuff, but they've also had some close calls. So it, it's not beyond San Francisco going in there and winning, obviously, because they're 10-2. Um, but I think that's the game I'd want to see. But I, I also think that it could be very easy to overlook the Saints' defense at home against 
the 49ers offense. And Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, from week to week, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's decent, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if I could really, you know, bank on him as, like, really being that guy who's going to, you know, bring it home, even though he's had some moments where he's done that. He's also had some moments where you, you shake your head. So, uh, yeah, that's the one I'd watch. All right, Jared, last one, and we can all watch it on Sunday night, is uh, Rams and Seahawks. I uh, know how hot the Seahawks have been. Rams, yeah. to their credit, have hung in as a potential wild card team. And on the outside, looking in, defending NFC champions. Uh, but they picked it up the last couple of weeks, and they know it's desperation time. Does the desperation of the Rams give them a chance against the hot Seahawks in L.A.? Yeah, oh, for sure, definitely. And then when you start talking about teams that play each other in the division where they know – the matchup so you almost throw you know you don't put as much stock in the records and then think back to early in the season jody the rams could have or i'm sure they feel should have won in seattle i mean they had a shot there right there it was back and forth and the seahawks to their credit they've won a lot of games like that this year i mean give them all the credit in the world for being clutch because they have been that this season they've had probably four games this year that they could have they could have lost, you know, play here or play there. So they've been able to, you know, to pull these games out. And Russell Wilson, you know, having the type of year he's having. So all that for, for Sunday night, yeah, Seattle better bring his A game. But um, the Rams and their offense, not as intimidating as we've seen it over the past couple of years. So uh, I picked Seattle, but it wouldn't be a major shocker if the Rams won. And I always like that desperation factor when you're talking about what can push one team past the other. You know, yeah, the Seahawks are trying to hang on to the division lead, but, yeah, the Rams are desperate. Jared, uh, glad to know you brought your winter coat to New England. Stay warm. Uh, We'll be reading you Monday, if not uh, Sunday night. Thanks for a couple minutes here today. All right, but man, thanks a lot, Jody. Take Jared, care. Jared Bell, NFL columnist for USA Today here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Jody Mack hanging with you. NFL conversation now to be had on our telephone lines. Hit me up, 855-212-4CBS. So get you on CBS Sports Radio. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ukulip speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023